Welcome to the Hypothalamic Amenorrhea Podcast. I'm Danny Sheriff, your host, certified fertility awareness practitioner, functional nutrition counselor, and founder of the HA Society, and of course, an HA recovery coach who has walked where you currently are walking. This is the place to come if you care about getting your period regularly. This podcast aims to educate, inform, and keep you motivated on your period and HA recovery track. So let's dive in. But last thing, nothing on the show should be taken as medical advice. So please seek the advice of your physician. Hey, are you trying to recover and maybe even fall pregnant naturally? I thought that might be you. And if so, we have created our best ever yet resource for you. Totally free. This is a masterclass. I've called it my masterclass because I have put everything into this, right? This masterclass is designed for you if you have HA or have had HA and are dealing with suboptimal cycles and you're serious about restoring those babies to full optimization and you want to create the ideal foundation for a pregnancy. This is going to be for you. So in this masterclass, I'm going to provide you a lot of things, including a lot of case studies, mine, Ashley's and Mishi's, as well as lots of our past clients and what their challenges were and what they had to do to overcome it. And we cover a really wide variety of types of cases of HA. So everything from primary amenorrhea and missing periods for years and years to short-term amenorrhea and what we did to handle that situation as well and how long it took these people to go from HA to pregnant with this system and how long it took them to go from HA to ovulating, of course, with this system. So lots of information, lots of case studies, lots of stats. We go through why this is not a weight gain plan and how we actually divide you into phases, the three phases of HA and determine what your starting point is so that you have a good idea of where you need to start with your actual changes and lifestyle and nutrition changes. We even cover questions like HA and people with a normal BMI and recovery for people who have had HA for too long. There's so much In this 60-minute masterclass, y'all, I'm impressed. And at the end, I'll also be running you through how to get a free HTMA, hair tissue mineral analysis through us, which is a part of our process for recovery and preconception clients that we're happily going to give you for free 99 as a massive thank you, of course, for joining the masterclass. So go to thehasociety.com forward slash masterclass Or head to our website and you'll find a link for it and find when the next available presentation is going to be. That's thehasociety.com forward slash masterclass. Hey guys, welcome back to the HA podcast. I am doing a recovery story today, everyone's favorite type of episode. And I'm joined by Kayla Godfrey. Hi, Kayla. Hello. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Excited to have you here. Um, Is this your first time talking about HA on a podcast? It is. Yes. Exciting. Okay. All right. So um, I met ages ago. I feel like I probably last time we spoke has probably been well over a year. Yeah. So much has happened. I love that we're chatting um, this far past, uh, like this kind of far into recovery being a part of the past for you. I would love to just kind of dive in and get you to just share with everyone who you are, where you're from and where your journey really started. And I definitely want to want the story to start from the beginning and progress all the way into like now, you know, what, what everything looks like today. So just go for it. Open up. Yeah, no, that sounds good. So I would say it really starts back when I was age 14 and put on birth control. Um, You know, I think like so many girls have been for, you know, having, whether it was irregular periods or I had really bad skin. And so they were like, go on the pill, you know, it will fix those issues for you. So, you know, age 14, got on birth control 
And I really stayed on birth control, whether it was the pill or the Nuvering or an IUD um, from the age 14 until I was 29 and without a break. So when I didn't really have even a period when I did end up doing the IUD for the last, you know, I think it was like seven years of my birth control experience. Um, and so I, to myself, just thought I was not having a period because I was on hormonal birth control. Um, I also have a history of pretty extreme dieting um, because I got heavily involved in the bodybuilding community and did uh, bikini competitions on both the local and national level, which requires you to restrict your food quite a bit, um, have really high output of your energy as far as lots of cardio towards the end, um, lifting. But again, I was on birth control, didn't really think anything of it. And I went about my merry way. Um, I made the decision to come off of birth control, hormonal birth control, um, gosh, I want to say it was a few months before my 30th birthday. And for me, that was, I just wanted to do that to get back to me. I hadn't had a period in so long. I had seen, you know, a lot of things that have come out. I think everybody has heard, you know, birth control just kind of flatlines your hormones. It's not really your body isn't doing its thing. Um, and so I was like, you know what, I want to come off. I really want to you know, have a cycle, be a woman, you know, maybe I had like no libido. I was like, maybe that's going to really help with that. Um, so I came off of it and a year passed and I had not had a period where one of my good girlfriends actually came off of birth control at the same time. And hers was moving and grooving within like two months. Mm, and I'm I like, remember that. I remember yeah, that. Yeah. I was being like, annoying. what the heck? Like, what is going on? This is, you know, at six months, I wasn't too concerned, hit a year and I'm like, okay. So I talked, you know, I ended up having a very wonderful OBGYN that I started seeing kind of in this time frame, And I just said, okay, we're at over a year now. Like what's going on? He's, you know, now they finally, of course, they're like, yeah, let's run some labs when I had just been kind of put off like, oh, it can take a while for your cycle to come back post birth control. Right. And don't worry, you know, you're just very fit. They would say you're just very fit. It's probably just taking yeah. <laughs> time. I'm like, okay. So, you know, finally, I really did. you're too you're healthy. healthy. Yeah. You're just too healthy. And you know, your heart rate's so low. You're just so healthy. I'm like, okay. Okay. Um, so I, he did end up ordering labs, which were very just like basic. Like he did my estrogen. I think he did, um, progesterone and then like my LH or something like that. And it came back that I had hormones of a postmenopausal woman. So my estrogen was less than zero undetectable. Um, and same thing with my progesterone. And so that was kind of where I went, what is, you know, what is going on here? And I will say, I think, you know, I have listened to a lot of Danny's podcasts. Um, and I think a lot of women have trouble getting that diagnosis of having HA. Um, so I have to give big kudos to my OBGYN. 100%. For, yeah. He really did diagnose that quickly for me. Um, he, you know, saw that and he took into account kind of my history of working out and dieting and all that. And he's like, I am going to diagnose you with functional hypothalamic amenorrhea. And I want to refer you to, um, the university of Washington, like endocrinologist for reproductive, um, health, because he said, he was like, I do not know anything about this. <laughs> I mean, which is so interesting because it's actually not that complicated, but yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, he but was like fair. PCOS. If it was PCOS, he's like, I know what Way to more do. complicated. Yes. <laughs> but he, you know, he was just like, I have really never had somebody who's had yeah. this type of issue. So I was grateful for him. Um, and then obviously you have this time frame, right. Where you're stuck waiting to get into a specialist and, I am one of those, um, you know, type A overachiever. I was ready to dive right in and figure out what was going on. Mm. Um, 
And so that's when I really started, like I ordered, you know, the no period now what book really dove into that. Um, in the meantime, he did order a DEXA scan for me. He at least knew the um, correlation between no estrogen and your bone health. Um, so I did get a DEXA scan, which revealed that I had um, not, uh, what is it? The uh, not osteopenia. So yeah, not quite osteoporosis, yeah, like, but osteopenia. Mm. And that scared the crap out of yeah, me. Yeah, that's pretty damn scary. Yeah. Um, so that really was, I think, one of the primary wake up calls for me that I really needed to make a change because I like being active. You know, I like having fun and going, doing things. I was like, you know, what am I going to be 40 years old? And I step wrong off a step and, you know, break my foot or twist my ankle or <laughs> Do you think, I mean, in all honesty, because whatever, either way, do you think that if you had gone the Dexter and everything was fine and like you, cause that was me, right? Everything was fine. I just don't have a period, you know, for now. Do you think you would have had less motivation? I actually do, to be honest. Um, cause also your opinion yeah. is like pretty scary. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it really did scare me and not being in where I was like trying to get like conceive or have a baby at the point in time, you know, or anything that I think for me, that really was the biggest wake up call. But then as I learned more, as I was doing research, I was like, no, there are so many, so many other things that this is affecting as well outside of just my bone health. But that was like really the main driving force at the beginning. Yeah. I just yeah thought that was an interesting um, spot to just like focus on for a sec because I really do see a a lot of people like they don't have that yet Mm -hmm. but like it really it's going to happen it will get there like it will get there if it's not already there because like not everyone goes and gets that even checked like you don't even know if you have it Um, and a lot of people just struggle because it's I can't touch it I can't hold and feel like i I Although yes, like my cycles missing, I don't feel that bad. Right. And like, I don't think you felt that bad. No, you felt fine. Yeah. I mean, I really didn't feel bad. Like my cortisol wasn't crazy or anything like that. I mean, I would say probably the biggest like feeling was really no libido and my sleep wasn't very great. Um, and, but I think I just kind of chalked it up to like, I'm just go, go, go all the time. You know, it's, I just wake up personality. Yes. This is me. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. hundred percent. All right. So cool, cool, cool. And this could be a good time to like stop as well at the time of recovery. You y'all still hadn't decided what, if you wanted to have a child or anything yet, um, you've made that decision since, but how does all of that kind of play into um, your motivations and stuff as well? Yeah. I mean, I think at the time, you know, I just, so my husband and I have been together like almost 11 years now, married eight next month. Um, and we were kind of one of those people where it was like, oh, maybe the next year we'll try. It was never just like a no from the beginning. Um, so, you know, when I kind of found this out, I was like, well, God, if we even wanted to have a baby, we couldn't, you know, like. I am not, it is not functioning (laughs) in my body. So that was a little bit of a motivation too. Like I wanted to feel like a woman. I wanted my body to feel safe. Um, And if we were to come to that decision, then at least we had the option there. Um, But yeah, like Danny mentioned, we have kind of made the decision since um, to not have children. But even though that is the case, having my cycle has still remained really important to me. Um, So I'll kind of backtrack to where we were in the story. Um, So I really dove into all things HA after that. Um, You know, I did meet with the endocrinologist. She just really confirmed what I had been told and what I had researched. She ran a few more labs, um, which I, you know, obsessed over right on how do I get these things up how do I get them up um but it really all came down to I made the conscious decision to go all in um and that was hard um because I did 
totally, I did cut all exercise. I did bring my calories immediately up to 2,500 plus. From um, where? Do you know? Do you remember? I was eat. So for me, I think because I was so active, I was never consuming below like 1700 calories. So, Same. you know, some, some girls think like, oh, you know, it wasn't 1200 ever number of 1200, you know, I, I guess to me, I thought, oh, 1700 is a lot. Even still to this day, I am not eating below 1700 calories. Like I'm still well over 2000 calories and at maintenance, you know what I mean? So it was, even though it was really scary, I was like, I, from all the research I had read, it was like, if I wanted to get my cycle back as fast as possible, I was like, I'm going to do whatever it takes. Um, so I really did go all in. Um, and you know, the first month was pretty easy, I would say. Um, but then that weight gain starts to compile and kind of add up. Um, and then I think that's about when I reached out to you, Danny, to kind of start working together to really, I, you know, I kind of thought in the back of my head, I'm doing everything right. I'm probably, you know, you hear those stories where girls go all in for like two weeks and they mm-hmm. ovulate and get their cycle. <laughs> mm-hmm. That was not the case. And so then I was let down. Um, and so Danny, I reached out to, and, you know, came across on Instagram. They're really I felt like there's more now, but there weren't a lot of people in the HA world. I think you would probably agree. Yeah, but we're blowing up. We're making it happen. You are. I love it because I I think more girls deal with this than they even realize. Yes. Uh, Yeah. So reached out to Danny, um, got on with the one-on-one coaching as well as, you know, attending the different HA um, kind of weekend calls yeah. as a group, which was nice. Um, but I really, I wanted to one, ensure that I was checking all the boxes, had a game plan. And then Danny, bless her heart. I was, I would say a basket case from time to time, a little emotional <laughs> when I would come to our sessions because it's fighting that identity, right. Of being the super fit person who works out in the gym all the time. And that's how I identified to. I'm no longer going to the gym. I'm putting on body fat. I just didn't feel like me. Um, so we kind of did that. We, you know, worked together and you taught me how to do my BBT and track my cycle to look for ovulation. And I probably made myself crazy waiting for it. <laughs> but I will say the mental part for me was the last that fell into place. I was doing all the things right, but I was high, strung Mm -hmm. about it, wondering, worrying. Um, And then finally we went on a vacation and I just totally relaxed and cut loose. And I think it was like the second or third day of vacation, I ovulated and I was Mm -hmm. like, oh my gosh, Um, which is like the best feeling ever when you finally that happens and you feel good. So I know my first luteal phase was super short. I think it was like gosh, a measly four days, if that or something. <laughs> um, but it counted. It still counted. Yeah. It's like you like of all the times to get your cycle, it was like when you went on vacation. <laughs> of course. <Probably. laughs> it, of course. It still loves to do it to me that to this day. I'm like, really? <laughs> or starts right before a weekend when you have plans. You're like, awesome. Um, but I'm still grateful for it. So even though if I'm mad at first, I'm like, it's still a good sign. It's came. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so you really helped me stay on the straight and narrow for those three cycles. Um, and making sure I had the three Mm. before I uh, amped anything up towards the end at like two and a half. Once I had confirmed a third ovulation, I did reintroduce some light exercise because I knew my third cycle was going to come. Um, but really I was like, I felt like I was starting at ground zero. I was doing at home stuff, body weight, you know, yoga, and I, it had me winded, I will say. So, yeah. uh, Oh yeah. I was like, oh gosh. Um, but yeah, so that was at the end of 2021. So I think September was my first recovery cycle. I dove in all in May, 2021. So um, held steady, you know, for those next three cycles, which was, you know, September, October, November of 2021. Um, 
And then I have kind of since then worked with a coach um, that I kind of started with for my fitness journey and balancing my hormones to ensure my cycle would keep coming as I amped up my activity. Like Um, a coach that does like your fitness programming and looks at that stuff at the same time. That's badass. So in the past, did you do your own programming? So in the past, I would say no. So I work though with a very bodybuilding competition Mm -hmm. focused, right? A physique look that you're going after. It had nothing to do with health or (laughs) if you're functional, it was purely focused on aesthetics. Um, My coach now is, she's female. So I had worked with male coaches as well previously. So she's a female coach. She does my workout programming. Um, we discuss my ovulation every single month. We discuss my cycle when it comes. Um, I, you know, still go and have routine labs every six months, but I do want to also just say it has not been linear as I have, you know, my recovery as I've reintroduced exercise. Um, my body is very, very sensitive to stress. And that is just something I have learned. And it doesn't necessarily mean mental stress. It can be physical stress from training as well. So any stressor on my body. Um, So I have had a couple months where I have missed a cycle, um, you know, over the last year and what are we at six months now or something. Um, I have had a couple months, I think three sporadically mixed in there. And I communicate that to my coach. We immediately pull back my output. So I have never trained again over five days a week. Four is my baseline, but I have even spent months back down to three days a week. And that's just what I have to do to balance my fitness goals with my health goals. Um, and you know, it's just so funny. It's like, we pull back and within, you know, two to three weeks, I will ovulate and my body is like, okay, you know, we're good again. I feel safe again. So, yeah, this is, this is important. That's something that I really enjoyed with you and how well you were able to just like accept that information. Um, we, you know, it really is like, we go from this belief that like, we should be able to just tell our body what to do and we should be able to say okay I'm going to work out six days a week and figure out how to make my body okay with that and it really is the opposite we kind of we need to figure out what is that right formula for us and if you're tracking your cycle at the same time and whatever else like other functional labs and stuff just like that cherry on top mm-hmm. you just have the information to know and and sometimes all you got to do is pull back a little bit. It's like not that big a deal, but in your head at the beginning, you, it's scary. Yeah. Hey, do you know what your blind spots are? As in, do you know what it is, what the thing is that is holding you back from getting your period back? Look, it could be an absolute plethora cornucopia of things, but in our practice, what we tend, the first place we tend to go is what behaviors and habits do you have around food that you may be still doing? And these are called blind spots because we just don't necessarily always know that they're an unhelpful habit or that it's something that we're doing, whether it be a subconscious or conscious need to control our food or our body, or whether it be something that you've just done for so long that it feels normal and like a preference even. We have created a checklist. It's a three-page checklist that goes through food types, behaviors around food, and mindsets around food. And what you do is you go through the lists and you check off and you see which ones are you doing, whether it be daily, weekly, monthly, quarterly, and how are they potentially affecting your recovery today? So it's a really simple checklist. It's just three pages. You go through it. There's a very simple scoring system to help you figure out um, how much this may be impacting your recovery. And it's just an insightful thing for you to do to help you reflect and then you can journal about it or you can learn more about it and just start really working at any of the boxes that you checked and understanding that they're playing a role in your recovery so to get the checklist 
all you have to do is go to the hasociety.com forward slash blind spot and we'll send it straight through to you. You can print it off and you can check on it every now and then. I always recommend a reflection point every like four to six weeks. How are you going? Are you still checking that behavior off or have you you know, systematically kicked it to the curb. So check it out. It's the hasociety.com forward slash blind spot and it will be waiting for you there. I think, um, so the first time that, you know, I had, I had had eight recovery cycles. I mean, perfect on the money ovulation, you know, between day around day 17. So really pretty solid. Yeah, great. Uh, luteal phase between 10 to 13. So like I was very happy. And then, you know, I hit one month and I did not, you know, I'm here. I am day 24, day 25. And I'm like, what the heck? You know, I didn't feel like I had maybe amped things up that much or change, you know, that this thing, did you change anything? Right. But then I would take a step back and I'm like, you know, like, we did do some hit circuits this last training. We tried one, we tried mm-hmm. two weeks with one day a week with a hit circuit in it for 20 minutes. It was only four, only four rounds, you know, but my body did not like it. So, you know, pulled those out. I have not done hit since. So it's just really, I mean, your body doesn't lie to you. It really doesn't. And I, feel so much better having a cycle and, you know, my moods are more stable. My sleep is better. I have libido. Like, I don't ever want to go back to where I was previously, even though I felt I was fine. It's like, you don't know until you know. (laughs) Yeah. And I don't know if you experienced this. I'm going to put words in your mouth, but for me, it was like, like the actual permission I need to stop feeling like I just more is better. Like I just need to be doing more. If I'm not working out every day, you know, it means this negative thing about me. But now that I have this feedback, it's like, no, actually you're doing like the sweet spot to get like to actually get stronger or whatever your goal is in the gym. There's like, there's no more emotion around it. It's just like facts. And so my relationship with exercise is better because of my cycle. No, I, I think you nailed it with that. Um, I also feel like, you know, only training four days a week or I say only that's still a lot. I mean, yeah, it is like you can't, we, I came from what six and then I, you know, maybe, but it's like, you're, you're a little bit more in that, um, I mean, I don't know if you agree with this, but I, I kind of put you more in an athlete category where it's something that, you know, you're not just doing it to like stay fit. Like you, you genuinely enjoy it. It's something that mm-hmm. in the past you've competed in. So that higher level is of activity is kind of expected from you. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely, I mean, I invest in my kind of fitness journeys, you know, still, um, I do want to see, you know, I physique improvements still, you know, I would love to continue to, you know, put on some muscle and, you know, grow in that way or see my lifts, you know, for me really focusing on, okay, how am I progressing in the gym versus how my physique is looking while taking into consideration the feedback I'm getting from my cycle and hormones has been a really fun journey. And I'm not kidding you. I feel like looking at my body now, I'm like, I don't think I could have ever achieved even, I mean, I put on muscle over this last year because I have hormones. I'm like, you know, for me to now have a physique that has muscle on it and I'm not just a stick anymore. Like I, I thought I had to be so small and that this tiny, like, you know, Oh, I got to lose weight for this vacation and be super tiny. And now I'm like rocking it like 15 plus pounds more still. And I look better than I did at the smallest because I have a shape. Clothes fit me right. I'm like, who who mm. knew? I have a little bit of a butt now, whereas before it was just a pancake. Oh, yeah. Did you identify <laughs> as someone who couldn't grow her glutes? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I'm like, no, honey, you just needed to eat some more food. <laughs> yes. Legit. That's so good. Yeah, I, I love all of it, you know. And, and if you're getting, I don't care. Like, to her listening, I do not care how much you're lifting if you don't have a cycle. 
Like, I don't care that you hit a PB. I don't care. Like success, like congratulations. You're able to stress your body to a point where it knows it has to adapt in order to survive. Like cool. What I'm more impressed with is like how you can navigate your health first. And then like your strength goals and body composition goals second, if that's something that you want to pursue. But yeah, like I, uh, show me your chart (laughs) and then, and then I will like clap for you (laughs) or whatever it is. Yeah. And I think, you know, something probably to touch on too, you know, I think for those of you listening, we read about a lot about like kind of overshooting, maybe that initial weight gain or, you know, will things ever level out? Will I ever be able to, you know, lose this weight and still have a cycle? Will, you know, or is this just how it will be forever? Um, it is actually crazy when your hormones are happy and, you know, you do kind of start getting, you know, maybe a little more active again. Um, it just, the, all of a sudden you don't even change anything. And it's like your body just like levels out. And, you know, that initial shock, I, you know, is definitely there. I, I would say the first three to maybe even eight months, but man, I hit like a year after a year having a cycle and it's just like, a whole new world <laughs> opened up, you know, yeah. and it's like things are just Your body's like responding. Yes. Mm-hmm. And it's just in such a good spot. And I, you know, I don't have to do anything to just like maintain where I'm at. It doesn't take this horrible effort to maintain. So it, it, it's freeing in a way. Yeah. So it's so strange, isn't it? Like how, how far we go in the wrong direction for this result when all you had to do was like chill on it for a bit um and I remember for you I think your first cycle came and then remind me to you you might have already touched on this a little bit after one or two you did introduce some exercise and immediately saw right some um like backwards steps. I think like the next ovulation took longer to come or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So I had like two that were really good back to back. Um, and then I had one where it was like, just kind of funky. What, you know, like I, like I had all the symptoms, the ovulation was going to happen and then it didn't quite get there. Um, Mm -hmm. but then I did just kind of like pull back a little bit it resumed, you know, yeah. Yeah. And things were fine. And then I just was a little slower with how I amped up, you know, got back into actually lifting weights. Um, so then things were really smooth for like eight plus months. Mm -hmm. Um, but then, yeah, I touched on, you know, then I did amp things up a little more, you know, missed one. I was like, okay, pull back. I think that's, the natural process of trading. Um, like no one is expecting you to have perfect cycles every month and to never push the limit and make a, you know, a mistake if you even want to call it a mistake. Yeah. Cause it's not really, it's just kind of like you push the limit, you receive data and then you act on it. It's kind yeah. of just feedback. Yeah. Um, so it's not really good or bad. It's really just like, are you choosing to listen to it or not? Um, and the reason I ask is because, because of what you mentioned about like, after about a year, everything was a lot more noticeable, uh, manageable. I could train and actually get results. And I think that's a popular question. How long, am I, how long is this going to be? Is this change forever? Am I going to be in this body that I feel uncomfortable in forever? Am I ever going to be able to train again? And truthfully, like, yeah, you know, you introduced it and started again and, and made progressive changes over a whole year. But the reality is, yeah, it's about a year of like, um, altered training and paying very close attention to let your body like f- get back to a solid, strong, resilient baseline. And that's yeah. okay. Like after a, how do you, how, how long did you feel like it took? Yeah. I mean, I think it was a year, I think built that you touched on it with, you know, the word resilient, mm. like it, it just needed the time to continue to make that connection between your brain and your ovaries repeatedly. Um, I think mine was shut down for so long being on hormonal birth control. I mean, 
over half my life, right? It was shut down on, there was no communication of my HPA access, like nothing. Um, and so to restart that process and for my body to know what it needs to do and feel safe enough, it took a lot to, you know, get it there initially. And then it takes more time of just letting your body trust you and keep continue to do that each month. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, and you know, still it, I will get feedback, you know, from tracking my cycle where I'm like, okay, it's not happy this month. You know, I have to, so I think I, you know, sometimes I do get down a little bit that my body is still as sensitive as it is. Um, cause so many girls don't deal with it. And I think we go through this, well, it's not fair. They're so much fitter than me, or they do so much more than me. Why is it me? You know, it just, and you know, I, your body gives you the middle finger sometimes, and it's just the card you've been, <laughs> been dealt. Um, yes. and so, you know, I just try and not get down on myself. Right. Like you said, like it can feel like, oh, I made a mistake. I definitely experienced that when I missed one cycle, you know, really getting down on myself. Like I did all this hard work and now I lost it again, but it's like, no, you just have to take it as data, take a step back. You know what to do to get it back. You've been there. You've done it before. It's not as scary, you know, to pull back on your workouts as you one day once thought it was, um, and so, you know, sometimes it just can be a little mentally challenging because you're, you know, why is it so sensitive? But I will say it has taught me so much about myself and, you know, to not be stuck in the kind of box I was before of feeling I needed to be smaller is better, um, is huge. And like to buy clothes and not even care what the size is anymore. Amazing. I'm like, if this just, I'm a 12 or a 10, just like whatever. Yeah. I literally do not care what the size of the clothes say. Like if it fits me and looks good, who cares? Who cares? All the clothes women buy anyway are made at so many different sizes by different companies, even within the same company and like a different wash and jeans, they can fit completely different. And so once I I did a full closet clean out when I did, (laughs) when I went through this, I mean, I was like, get this small stuff. Important out of here. Like I went bananas, gave it to my niece. I'm like, here you go. Um, and really just like having clothes that fit and you're not trying to squish into those small clothes. That is like the worst. I'm like, that has made a big difference. Isn't that the majority of the issue? Is it not the the most, the problem? Yes. Because you're like, I used to fit in this. I used to, well, you're not going to anymore. So yeah. just it's like, let of it go. course, you're going to not look good in clothes that don't fit. It's yeah. bloody logical. <laughs> I know. I know. So, and it's an excuse to get some new stuff, right? So it's, it's yeah. fine. I mean, you wouldn't be mad about it if you had gotten smaller. You yeah. know what I mean? Like most people, most people are just like, oh, okay. You know, we just like want to latch on to whatever problem fits our, our convenience. So yeah, you definitely jumped like jumped completely in on every area. You're like, I'm not wasting time. You were not a basket case, actually. Oh my um, gosh. I know I cried. I cried to you a few times. <laughs> that's not being a basket case, dude. A basket case is different. <laughs> a basket case is emailing you every like like three to four hours okay. with your problem. Yeah. Okay. I just needed an, <laughs> an emotional outlet from time to time. <laughs> so 100 percent So like feeling feelings through the process is normal right it's like okay to mourn the past you know you loved your routine you loved how much you were working out um and so you have to say goodbye to that to be able to resolve the things that you weren't loving like lack of libido and a lot of rigidity around food and like really just these beliefs that I don't think you even knew that you really had about like how you should look and what is okay and what isn't yeah you know and yeah. you just like went for it yeah I remember when we talked to you kind of opened my eyes to something that I didn't even maybe realize had had an effect on me but you know I think a lot of you know women they you know growing up were exposed to you know 
dieting being so normalized, um, maybe in their household by a parental figure, um, or you kind of constantly hearing they didn't like their bodies and they wanted to be smaller. Um, and so I think that subconsciously that really had an impact on me. Um, you know, like I'm not worthy unless I'm small or, you know, when there's really, there's nothing wrong with living in a bitter, bigger body. If you're healthy, you know, and you have happiness, like there is nothing wrong with being in a bigger body, um, compared to what you're small and you're super unhealthy. I mean, there, it just, to me, looking back, I, I saw the impacts of seeing, you know, gosh, those fad diets that, you know, women were just touted on, you know, had had on me growing up where I thought I had to be, you know, the smallest small to be, um, kind of, you know, worthy of that love or worthy of someone finding me attractive or, and it's just not the case. It's just society. Yeah. Isn't it crazy <laughs> how young we are when we get that message? Yeah. Like so young, like so Disney young. channel level of, um, disordered information. And then like all these kind of decades later, you start hearing, like they come out, like those, those girls that used to like influence our initial way of thinking and come out with like, so I had an eating disorder. Yeah. <laughs> like, Oh, okay. And like, you can just see more clearly all the messaging that brought you here. And even today in the diet industry, like now you're still just as marketed to with all that stuff, but you see it through a different lens and yeah. you're able, you're able to now be like, um, you know, I don't think that's going to work for me. And that's so freeing because it means you don't have to have shiny objects. In you don't have to be looking out for what, uh, like what marketing is telling you, you need to be focusing on next. Yes. You know what you want and what your goals are and what works for you. And the it's all just like white noise now. Yeah. Yeah. That's the best bit. No, gosh, darn diet culture, okay. man. It's relentless. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it is relentless. There's nothing wrong going to the gym and work on body composition, but like it just, it hundred percent needs to be balanced and yep. needs to be like working with your body. Yeah. Okay. So love it. That's your, that's basically what happened. That's where you're at today. Things yeah. are going well. You have the appropriate team around you. Um, anyone listening, like what is something that you just definitely want to make sure people know, or at least like the right person listening who needs to yeah, hear. So I too. think you know, when you, if you're embarking on this journey at the beginning, there's a lot of doubt, right. That creeps in of wondering, is this some, a lot of the, sometimes it can be, is this really what I have? Or, mm. you know what I mean? Or you doubt yeah. will this even work for me? Right. So I think those are kind of like the two big ones at the beginning. Cause you're just thinking like, but I feel fine. Or, you know, you're, you just don't want to, you don't want to believe it to be true because you're stuck in your way of thinking and the thought of your body changing, the thought of not working out as much, the thought of resting more, the thought of eating more can be very scary. Um, and so I would just say, trust that it works. And if you are wondering if this is you, it probably is. Um, <laughs> so true. <laughs> so true. Just stay with it because you honestly, you will get your cycle. You will ovulate and you will be like, wow. Okay. Cause I mean, I know even when I, when I first got the diagnosis of having HA and I read no period now, what, I mean, I was like, borderline denial. And then I'm reading this book and I'm like, I do that. I do this. I do that. Um, and so it definitely, it works. It really does. Yeah. I guess that's all I can say is yeah, like, for sure. Yeah. There's two voices. So there's the one that's like your gut instinct. That's like, this sounds like me, but then there's the part of you that's been so conditioned by the society around you. That's like, really trying to look for all the reasons why it's not you. And it's very easy to lean in that direction because it's yep. more comfortable, right? Yep. But you really have to like dig in and 
and like give the other voice a shot because it's there for a reason it's saying something for a reason you know and it's like you've never heard that voice come up before so that's interesting yeah Mm -hmm. yeah so it'll feel completely against what you've ever known but it is is the right thing and it will work it will yeah yeah love it so anyone who resonates with your story or maybe has more questions for you or anything um where can they find you and reach out Yeah. So I am more than happy to talk to anybody and give words of encouragement even. Um, So you can find me on Instagram. Uh, It's K-A-Y-L-A-A underscore Godfrey. So G-O-D-F-R-E-Y. Feel free to send me a message. Um, I really am happy to talk to anybody because it is a journey that you embark on. Um, and I would not have made it through without support. I mean, I still talk to girls that we connected on Instagram through the HA society and we still message each other. I actually might meet up with one of the girls from London when we have a layover in a couple months. So it's just funny how like you do have a lot of, who is it? People. Um, her name's Amber. Her Her name's Amber. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So she lives like on the outskirts of London and we're going cool. on a vacation. I was like, well, maybe on our land. I am, I am dying at all these like society members that are friends in real life. There's yeah. a lot of that. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> and we'll, me so touch, happy. we'll touch in with each other and be like, you know, you, you, you look amazing. How are things going with, you know, your journey and yeah. you know, Life. totally be able to yeah. just, you can connect, right? Like nobody understands unless they've been through it. <laughs> yeah that makes me happy oh great okay well thank you so much for sharing your story you know I hope people who resonate or have questions you know reach out because I know it's hard sometimes to feel like okay that's someone whose story I resonate with you know um and I resonate with your story a lot too right so I appreciate it thank you so much for sharing (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Fitness, I, yeah, I lost my cycle at around 1700 calories and I was like, this is so much food. Like, what are you talking about? So yeah. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you for having me. I do really appreciate it. And this has been really fun. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for after all this time still contributing to the community. We appreciate you. All right, guys, you have a good day and we'll see you next week. Bye. Hey there, it's me, Danny, and I want to tell you about TempDrop as a fertility awareness method tracking option. So many of you guys know that we actually recommend the fertility awareness method both as you're going through recovery and 100% after you have gotten some cycles back and you're starting to move forward for the rest of your reproductive years. So TempDrop itself is a wearable fertility monitor and we love it. It's a wearable device, so you put it around your arm and you can use that instead of taking your temperature manually with a thermometer each morning. So I'm personally a big fan of the manual tracking. All of us at the HA Society are, and that's the method that we use, you know, just using a good old thermometer. We use that with our clients because it's the best way to use it as a diagnostic tool, as a practitioner. And it's also the best way to ensure if you're trying to avoid pregnancy that you don't get pregnant. However, manual temping for many reasons is just not always an option. When you're in the middle of recovery, again, we do recommend manual temping, but once you're cycling, the temp drop is actually a really great hack. So it gives you basically everything you need to effortlessly track your fertility status, like where you are in your monthly cycle. So you wear the temp drop sensor while you're sleeping for accurate basal body temperature readings without the stress of early morning wake-ups. So I personally love this because with a toddler, my wake-up times are all over the place and the occasional sleep disruptions make using an oral thermometer a lot more difficult. So temp drops accompanying charting app enables you to track an array of symptoms alongside your basal body temperature This includes tracking your cervical mucus, if you've been using OPKs, and then it also gives you sleep insights too. So you can combine these fertility signs all in one place, and that will help you identify your fertile window, confirm ovulation, plan for your period. And if you're trying to get pregnant, you know, identify whether or not you are pregnant. (laughs) 
So whether you're trying to conceive or avoiding pregnancy, or you want to chart for health reasons like HA recovery, making sure your cycle's not slipping back in the HA direction, Temp Drop makes fertility awareness accessible to all women, even if you don't have regular cycles or sleeping patterns. So track your ovulation in real time with the Temp Drop, and we are lucky enough to have a 15% off code. So if you go to their website, they're usually having a sale, but you can stack this code on top of the existing code. So just go to tempdrop.thehasociety.com and use the code AFHA Society. I think too, if you just go to tempdrop.com and, and use um, AFHA Society at the checkout, that will work too. So happy temping and good luck. This episode is brought to you by Grassland Nutrition Beef Liver Capsules. Did you know that in terms of nutrient density, beef liver actually blows vegetables and fruits out of the water? If you're a client of mine, you have already been instructed to eat beef liver either fresh or in capsule form. I recommend it for anyone and everyone who is, of course, dealing with amenorrhea and fertility challenges out there, but I may even recommend it for just everyone in general. Get your husbands on it. Get your partners on it. If you have a history of HA and add on top of that, maybe a history of the pill, maybe you've been pregnant before, you know, through treatments or other, like you've just, your body's been through anything, you know, you're absolutely 100% dealing with a nutrient deficiency of some kind. And while it's true that testing is going to be the best way to understand those exact deficiencies, Eating nutrient-dense real food is going to be one of the most important next steps that you take with or without testing. So I've been using and recommending Grassland Nutrition Beef Liver Capsules for years now. And the capsule form makes it so easy to get your liver in every day. And I appreciate the transparency of this product in particular above others. So in case you're wondering, it's completely natural This is freeze-dried beef liver in capsules. It's organic. It's made from Australian beef. And my favorite of their products is the liver with kelp because of the iodine from the kelp, which is important for overall thyroid function, which is often low in women with underperforming hormones. So rather than eat seaweed snacks every day, I get to take this beef liver with the kelp for my iodine. So if you're recovering or working on a fertility journey right now, do not skimp the nutrient-rich source of beef liver. Get 10% off your order with the HA Society and support your favorite podcast along the way. They ship to most countries, so you should be covered. Just go to grasslandnutrition.net and use HA Society, just HA Society, at the checkout for the 10% off. That's grasslandnutrition.net with the code HA Society. Thank you so much for listening today, guys. Please subscribe to the podcast. And if you could head to iTunes specifically and leave a rating or review, that would help so much because it makes it easier for other people with HA who are Googling around to find the podcast really easily. So if you do that, you're doing a service to all of the women.